Thank you for joining us for this study series on basic Bible doctrines. I'm Pastor John Harris, and I look forward to opening the scriptures with you. Get your Bible, get your notebook, let's go. We are continuing our, our uh, look at some basic Bible doctrines, and as in our first uh, study we're going to look at is the Bible itself, the Word of God. Uh, without uh, understanding the Bible is the Word of God or what it means, you know, the rest of it really doesn't mean anything, right? So like, if we don't have the Word of God in our hands, because that's going to be our authority, and if it's not the authority, and then it's just listening to me talk about stuff, and I know that's probably amazing, but that's not what you need, right? So what you, what you need is the Word of God. So let's let's take. So we're gonna we're gonna take a look at some theological words, I guess, associated with the Bible, uh, at least at the, at the beginning here, and then we're gonna we're gonna expand that as we go on th- going through this. So uh, on the on the screen behind me, I believe there's a bunch of words, right? Okay, and I think we ended with a sort of slide last time, or got close to it. Uh, and so we're going we're gonna to go through some of these words, not, uh, not necessarily all of these in the order you're here, but we're going to start with revelation and then inspiration, illumination, God's authority, the word of God's authority, how to interpret the Bible, because, and we'll spend a little time on that because that's probably, that's the, uh, what I mean by interpret is how to know what it says and, and, and how to understand it. So we'll spend some time on that. Uh, as well in this uh, sort of chapter. If for some reason you miss a class, like you don't make it on a Sunday, you can always catch, don't feel like you get behind, all right? Because okay, you can, um, there's a nice general overview. So, you know, read, read the chapter, you know, review it or whatever. If you feel like you missed something, you weren't able to be here and you can catch up in a heartbeat. So, because our study is going to be months, all right? I'm not covering, I'm, I'm going to, I want to answer your questions. If you have questions, it's, you know, a- answer, ask them. I'll try to answer them. So, like, we're going to meet one class a week, so that's why it's going to take months, right? So, if, uh, you know, so it's, it's going to be a, a number of times uh, together. So, if you miss something, you have to go away. Don't feel like you oh, can't get started again. Just come to class. You know, the book will get you through most of them, give you a nice little review, and at least keep you in context. And you can always ask a question. If you don't, you know, what are you talking about? Uh, and that's, uh, that's, uh, that's fine. All right. So, let's talk about this first word, Revelation. All right, so Revelation is, probably, is, is, uh, is, is key, right, because it's, it's God giving us information you couldn't know in any other way. That's, that's Revelation. So I sort of have a definition up there. Basically, he gave to the writers of the Bible truths, okay, that you cannot discover by just some investigation, right? You know, so there are, there are truths like, you know, God's nature, who he is, and, and things like that, or... or um, um, it's, and I'm going to look at a couple of verses to, to see that. <clears throat> okay, now, not all the Bible is direct revelation, all right? Some of it is historical, right? You know, like Daniel's saying, you know, he's recording things, and Ezra's recording things, Nehemiah's recording things, right? You know, I did this, and I did that, and I prayed, and I did that, and I, you know, I read the Bible. And, you know, I mean, I, you know, whatever it is, God gave this and that. So, you know, some of it's historical, okay, some of it, you know, it's not all, but, but it all is Scripture, okay? Scripture means it's God's Word, okay, as far as the Word. So there in, you're in 2 Timothy 3, and I'm not, uh, verse 16, okay? It says, all, what's it say there? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, right? All Scripture, where am I at? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, all right? And it's profitable for a variety of things, right? So first thing note is all Scripture, that's all God's Word, okay, is God-breathed. That's actually going to be our second word we're going to look at, inspiration, right? But, 
but it's, it's God-breathed, it's, it's God's Word, and it's profitable for doctrine, okay? It teaches you things that really you want to know that God wants you to do, unless He told you, right? It's for reproof. Reproof is sort of like standing you up, like you're going in the wrong, you know, you're going in the wrong direction, and it hits you, stops you, that's reproof, right? Stop that, that's reproof, right? Okay, and then it gives correction. Stop doing that, let's stop. Okay, this is what ought to be your life or whatever, right? That's, that's correction. And then for instruction and in righteousness, it actually tells you or helps you do it. Okay, here's, here's how to make it happen. It's, you know, it's one thing to say, stop that, don't do it. Quit thinking about whatever, right? Well, it's, how do you do that? Well, because you have to think about something else, right? You just can't stop thinking about something. You have to replace it. That's why God says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind needs to think a different way, right? God's word uh, corrects us and instructs us in righteousness. Why? So why did God give his word? Well, that the man of God, you, okay, could be what? Could be, it says they're perfect. That's mature, okay? Mature, completely fit, okay, for something. And what it is, well, it says, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That you can do good things, the things that God has called you to do. What, what the, you know, like the writer of Ecclesiastes says, what's the whole duty of man? Okay, to fear him and to keep his commandments, right? That is, to you know, see God for who he is, all right, and then to do, you know, basically do what he says, right? He, we were created with a purpose, right? And our purpose is to glorify God, right? To, to live our lives in a way. And, and in that process, you'll find joy and peace and happiness, and, and you'll be, you know, you know, in reward eventually in those things, right? <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. So anyway, so the Word of God, by revelation, God imparts it. Some is historical. But when it concerns the person, okay, and the work or the purpose of God, the only way to find it out is through God's direct revelation. He, he gives that information. Let's just look at a couple of verses. Go back to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. Here's an example. All right. You know, what's God's will? So what is, what is God, what's God's intention? All right. Well, he's got to tell you. All right. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9. Okay. We now know something that was not known at one time. Okay, but now we know something. He said, having made known us, this is God, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. He had a secret purpose to his will, something he kept secret, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself. So God one day says to himself, I'm going to do something. Didn't tell anybody else. All right. And then he reveals it. And what is it? Well, in verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, you want to know what God's overall purpose in everything is? The dispensation of fullness of times is, is, is the time of completeness. It's the new heaven, new earth. It's when everything is said and done, when, when, when prophecy is totally complete, and everything, you know, everything that God said is complete, it's done. It's the new heaven, new earth. The fullness of times, God calls it here. Okay? He's going to gather together in one all things, what? In Christ. God's intention, God's purpose, God's will is to gather everything in Jesus Christ, right? Both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. As God's intention is to take everything in the heavens and everything in the earth and place them in Christ. Now that should tell you something. If that's the purpose for eternity future, what's it tell you about right now? Is that the case? 
It's not all together. In fact, look at any, you know, read anything in the news or hear anything on social media, and you'll know that everything's not in Christ. You'd have friends and neighbors, or maybe not friends, but neighbors and people you know that you know are not in Christ, right? They, you know, they don't live that way. They don't talk that way, right? They're not, you know, they're not believers or whatever, right? They, things are not, okay, so you know awful things are happening. For instance, you mentioned the earthquakes in, in Turkey, right? You know why so many people are dying? Poor construction. However, they had huge earthquakes about 20-some years ago, or maybe 30 years ago, and they passed new code to build all buildings so they'd be earthquake-proof. All the buildings are collapsing into some of the newer buildings. The reason is the builders can actually pay a fee to not build to the code. So the government makes some money. Okay. By the way, hey, we do the same thing. We, we legalize gambling, and then we produce places to help people with gambling. That's how we justify it, right? We legalize drugs, and we help... We put money into places to help people who get drug abuse or get, get involved, right? You know, we, we, we do the same thing. We give fees. It's sin, okay? It's a sin nature, right? It doesn't matter where it's at. So that's why a lot of those folks, you know, are dying because they're in buildings that are new buildings that collapsed. Because they, and, then, and now the government's investigating that, okay? <laughs> and, and, I think, oh, oh, 23? I thought it was like 25, but okay. It knows a lot. 43,000. Oh, wow, Okay. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's awful stuff, right? Okay, and it's just, you know, it's, it's, you know, anyways, it isn't in Christ yet, right? But that's God's, would you know that unless God told you that? No, you wouldn't know that. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. God revealed that truth to us. It was something God kept secret, but now he's revealed it. That's a mystery. 1 Corinthians 2. Verse 9, we'll start there. But as it is written, here's here to me, this is one of the direct ones about Revelation. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that what? Love him. You know what? You haven't thought about it. You haven't seen it. You never heard about it. Okay. What God has prepared for you who love him. He has prepared something. He hasn't even entered your heart. You don't even understand it. However, verse 10, but God hath what? Revealed them unto us by his Spirit. God the Holy Spirit reveals them to us, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. God has revealed them to us, right? What does he reveal them to us? Well, it's in the Word of God. And he says here, what, for what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Okay, that's the only reason I know you is because you have the spirit of a man. I have the spirit of a man. I know you. I can talk to you. I can communicate with you. I can understand you. You can understand me, hopefully. Right? And, and, and those things, right? I don't understand birds. Okay? I think my dog talks to me sometimes, but I really don't think he understands. He understands treats. Say treat. Oh, mad dog's there, right? They're there in a heartbeat, right? Okay? They, you know, but I don't understand them, right? Okay? You know, especially when they're hurt. Okay, and there's something wrong, you know, like I can't figure it out. You know, tell me what's wrong. They, they can't tell me, right? Okay, because they don't have the spirit of a man. They have the spirit of a dog. Okay, I'm sure they're talking to each other, but I don't know what they're saying, okay? Birds, I think what birds always to me fascinate me, is you, or even fish swimming in schools, right? They, they all are together in simultaneous flight. How is that even possible? I mean, we have to put all kinds of sensors on, you know, car, when cars go down the highway, they still hit each other, right? Okay, you know, one day... 
you know, autonomous vehicles. Maybe that's the case. So we won't do that, right? But right now, that's, uh, that's not the case, right? Anyways, anyways, they communicate. I don't have it. But anyways, we have the spirit of man so that we can communicate. But in also first of all, it says, even so the things of God knoweth no man. That is, you can't know anything of God, okay, except but the what? The spirit of God. That's why we have not, now, verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. Why? That we might know the things that are freely given to us. God gives us his spirit, okay, so that we can know the things of God. Now, that's going to be illumination. We're going to find that out. Okay? But God has to reveal them, and then for you to know them, God has to take another step. Okay? And we're going to talk about that. That's inspiration. Excuse me, illumination. <coughs> Revelation is God giving to man what you can't know. Right? First, by the way, just, just some other things to note. Verse 13. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14 says, but the natural man. The natural man's your old flesh, that's part, you know, or unsaved man, okay, uh, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, because they don't have the Spirit, right? For they are foolish unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned, okay? That's going to be dealing with illumination. God, you know, so, you know, why does unsaved man not know what the Bible says? Well, they can't understand it. They have to have the Spirit. The only way to understand God is God's got to give you a way to understand him, and he gives you his Spirit, Right? And that's why, you know, God gives you his spirit so you can understand his word and, and what it has to say. Go over to Galatians 1. Galatians 1. So I'm covering several things together there. We'll break them out a little tighter as we go. Galatians 1. If you have a question, I honestly mean, please ask it, all right? Galatians 1. <coughs> Excuse me. Galatians 1, verse 11. The Apostle Paul tells us that the things that he received, he didn't receive them from other men, all right? He says he received it by direct revelation. That is, he is going to share truth that the only way to know it is if God had to tell him, all right? Because you wouldn't know it any other way because it's not found anywhere else. It's called a mystery. That's, that's what, you know, what Paul, well, well, we'll look at another verse in a minute, but verse Galatians 1, verse 10, or 11. But I certify you, brother. Here's my certificate of authenticity, folks. Okay, here's here I have my certification that the gospel which is preached of me is what? Not of man. I, I didn't get it from man, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by what? The revelation of Jesus Christ. That is, he received it by revelation. He didn't get it from somebody else. He didn't sit down in a class, okay, you know, and out to a Bible church and hear the gospel and say, oh, I'm going to repeat that. What he did was he got it directly from God. God revealed to him something that could not be known any other way except through God. God gave it to him. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. You know, the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ himself spoke to him. Spoke to him on the road to Damascus without the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit, when Paul wrote his letters, okay, he was inspired. That was the Holy Spirit writing. But what he's saying is I, I received direct revelation. God spoke to him. He says in, what, 2 Corinthians 12? He, you know, he, 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 you know, go there, go there. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 1. So he says, you know, I'm, you know here's what he says in verse, chapter 12, verse 1. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 1. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, it is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. It's not, it's not a, you know, an efficient, great thing to do, to glory. 
As, you know, I, this is not the best way to do it, is what he's saying. It's not expedient for me to glory. However, I've got to tell you something. I will come to what? Visions. So he received visions. And what? Revelations of the Lord. That's direct revelations from the Lord. That's different. And he says, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. And he ends up finding out he's talking about himself. Right? Um, and it, it correlates with the time he was stoned there, stoned to death, stoned, drug outside the city. And by the way, if you were stoned, they had a way to verify you were dead. Okay? So he was dead. All right? And so he was resurrected. But anyways, that's another study if you want it. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. So he said he's caught up to heaven. He says, like, when I got there, I couldn't tell if I was in my body or not in my body because, you know, I looked in the mirror and I still saw me or I saw my hands or I saw whatever. But I knew I wasn't on the earth. I was in heaven. I knew, and verse 3, and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth the truth of that, right? How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. For though I would, anyway, so it goes on to say, in verse 7, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, okay, he had a thorn in the flesh. And God says, you need to keep that thorn because it keeps you under, because you've experienced so much that you can start glorying in yourself. That's the end. I mean, that's sort of the conclusion to it. And, Paul, and God says to him, says, you need this thorn in your flesh to keep you under, to keep you where you need to be. And so Paul said, all right, I'll glory in that then. I'm not going to glory in the revelations and in the visions and, and all the things God's revealed or the fact that I stood in heaven, right? Whether in the body or out of the body, I can't tell, but I was there. And I saw things and I heard things that I can't even put into words, all right? What I mean, lawful wasn't that God said, I, you can't do it. He just, I can't do it. It's not possible to put him in the words. When we get to heaven, you're going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of people like this in heaven when we get to heaven. Jaw's going to drop, okay, for a little while, and the Lord's going to go, put it up there, guys, okay? Yeah. This, is, this is now, this is now, and this is now forever, all right? There's no aging, no problems, no difficulties, right? There's going to be, there's going to be and you're going to be serving the Lord throughout all eternity, right? But anyways, Paul's because of that, God said, you know, my grace is sufficient. Verse 9. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. When, when Paul, when you quit trusting in yourself, that's when I'm the strongest. That's when I can do the work. And that's all of us. When we quit, like, it's like when we run through our day, you know what? How often do you pray when things are going great? How often do you, you know, like you have to trust somebody else when you got it all going on? So sometimes, you know, we need to fall. We need to trip so that somebody can pick us up figure out that we just can't do it ourselves, and we're not supposed to do it ourselves. we're supposed to try and paul and that's what god's telling paul it's not you it's me in you my grace is sufficient for the most glad and then paul says most gladly therefore well, rather, i'd rather glory in my infirmities not the glories not the visions not the not the revelations but i'm going to glory in my weaknesses because when First is, I write in glory my infirmities that the power of Christ would rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then am I, and he could have said this, truly strong. Okay, that's when I'm really strong, because I'm strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. David says, the arm of flesh shall fail you, right? So that's, that's truth. Okay, go to Ephesians chapter 3. Is that okay, Sean? So he actually, he actually received direct, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ stood in front of him. 
He had that type of experience. <coughs> well, no, no, no. He's because he's, he's, he says, I will come to revelations. That's direct revelation from God. Okay? Whether it was a vision or whether he saw you know, God that way or he's caught up to heaven or God, Christ stood before him, Christ told him things. Now, he had an experience on the road to Damascus, which was the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to him as well. Okay? So that, that, that's true. And he repeats that multiple times. But he says, I'm going to come to... God revealed to him truth in some other way, okay, other than from man. It couldn't be... You know, he got directly from God himself. Okay, maybe it was a vision, dreams, and he had those things. Okay, so he had more revelations, more dreams, or more, more visions and other ways of knowing things. So Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, excuse me, given me to you, word, how that by revelation. No other way to know this truth you're not going to find it in the Old Testament because it was revealed to the Apostle Paul how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. Okay? And the mystery is something that God kept secret, like his eternal purpose, that everybody's going to get everything on Christ. Okay? He kept, but now he's revealed it, and he says that here. So how they made revelation made known to me uh, the mystery. Notice there's a parenthesis there. Okay, the parenthesis ends at the end of chapter 4, or verse 4. That's an add-on, right? That's something else additional. So just pull that out for a second. Sit it off, you know, put it on the, on the burner and decide. It's read it, skip the parenthesis. How about a revelation made known unto me in a mystery, down in verse 5, definition, which in other ages was not made unto the sons of men, it is now revealed as God's revealing truth on his holy apostles and prophets by the spirits. And don't freak out about apostles and prophets. The early church had those additional, well, you know the apostles, right? But they also, they also had apostles who weren't the twelve, there were people that was one of the early gifts. There was, they, had, they had gifts that were of prophecy, and they had gifts of knowledge. All right? There were early gifts. Why? Because the Word of God wasn't complete. So they didn't have Ephesians okay? until Paul wrote that letter. They didn't have First and Second Corinthians until Paul wrote those letters. Right? So, you know, and so the church is growing. They need God's Word for today, what God's doing today. So people had knowledge. They had gifts, and they shared those truths. And like, by the way, so like, you know, you had a person who started saying something over here. Say, so I, you know, God's revealed something to me. He's an apostle. He's a prophet. He's saying those things. There's a person over the gift of knowledge says, yep, that's from God. Not everybody had all the same gifts. A person would speak in tongues. Okay. And God, Paul says, you don't speak, you know, unless there's an interpreter, keep your mouth shut because there's no reason for it because you, nobody knows what you're talking about. Right. And they weren't speaking gibberish. They were speaking some language. All right, go back and look at Pentecost. They were languages that were known. All right, so if somebody didn't have that gift in there to interpret. Well, anybody know what I'm saying? Nope. Okay, wait. Okay, okay. wait on your gift, Paul said. That's what this First Corinthians is talking about there. That was the early church. And we're going to find out that those things have ceased today because the, we now have a completed word. We have the Bible is complete. You don't need to go anywhere. You don't need a vision. You don't need a revelation. Right? All you need is the Holy Spirit to say, what does this mean to you? What does this mean? That's, that's, that, that's uh, inspiration. You're not inspiration. That's illumination. Right, now, keep on reading here. So what is this mystery that God's now revealed? Okay. By the way, that would be Paul's day, so it would have been 2,000 years ago about, right? Okay. Okay. What is it? Well, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body, 
and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. So because of the means of the gospel, you become a member of the body and you're partakers of Christ and of, of him. And there's, and there's no difference. You're Jews and Gentiles, one body, no difference. Okay? There is no favored people today. There is no special people today other than God's children right, that are in Christ. Right? So that's revelation. Okay? Revelation, that is God has revealed his truth. Right? Something else about Revelation, and that's one of the things we sort of were just, just sort of alluded to just a bit ago, is that Revelation is progressive. Let me see if I can get this to work. So it's progressive. That's a whole bunch of progressive. That Revelation is progressive. That is, truth comes down over time. We don't, you know, God doesn't reveal everything in a big dump, right? Like, just like, here it is, just like a screen dump. <laughs> or whatever, or, or whatever it might be. Like, it's, it's, it's all one time. God's revealed truth over time, okay? Paul said, I will come to visions and revelations. And he says, I've had them, and I'm going to get more, all right? Because God's revealing more and more truth, okay? Uh, look at First uh, Peter, First Peter chapter 1. <coughs> Excuse me. We read the one there in Ephesians 1, you know, Paul, you know God says, you know, you know he kept something secret, but now he's revealed what, like his eternal purpose, right? Or what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3 about, you know, the, uh, the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given unto him, as God's now made it known, okay? Uh, it wasn't known before, so he's giving further, further truth. In fact, progressive revelation is sort of a, um, a direct sort of indication that, that God's word is dispensational, and we'll talk about that word later but as god has dispensed different think of the word dispensing dispensing different things over time right and uh, we're going to go th when we look at the interpretation i'm going to take and show you how god breaks his word up all right okay man has broke his word up a certain way they you know what's man's breakup of the word of god old testament new testament right okay um, maybe it'll say law and grace Okay, that's you know, another couple of divisions. Right? There's, obviously, there's some differences, right? We're not under law, we're under grace, right? However, there are groups that still want to practice the law, right? Or at least some version of the law, okay? And call themselves Christian, right? Um, yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's, the, that's a blending, basically saying it's one message. So it's a covenant the theological uh, viewpoint, okay? That basically, it's just sort of, there's a blending. You know, God was dealing with the, uh, the Jews, they weren't doing things too great, so let's throw some really bad Gentiles in with them and see if that makes it better, right? So let's throw some more stuff in the blender and see what happens. And so you take the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You take Paul's epistles. You put them in a blender. Oh, well, you've got to throw in Hebrews through, you know, Revelation. Put them in a blender and mix them all up, and here's what you get. Well, that's not how the Bible is divided up, right? Uh, not according to what the writers of Scripture say, Right? That's what people have said, but that's not what the writers of Scripture have said. Um, anyways, where did I tell you to go? First Peter 1, right? First Peter 1, oh, verse 9. Okay, Peter's talking here to the uh, strangers. That's a bunch of individuals, you know, Jewish, Jewish believers scattered throughout all the region because there's a lot of persecution going on. So, but anyways, he says, verse 9 says, Receiving the end of your faith, 
even the salvation of your souls, verse 10, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what and what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified before him the sufferings of Christ and what? The glory that should follow. That is, the prophets themselves sought to search through other scriptures, trying to understand what, what was God saying through them, but also how did this fit in and how did it, you know, how, how did it work? Because they got, there was more stuff and then more stuff and then more stuff. You know, the, the, the prophecies concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, very progressive. You know, so you, you hear about like Isaiah 9, verse 6, right? Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and, and you know, he's going to sit upon the throne of David, and, and uh, he's, counsel, you know, he's called the, um, the, might, you know, the yeah, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. All this, that's, you know, that, those are things. All those were little pieces. Isaiah, when he gets to Isaiah 9, lots of those have already been revealed, little pieces, and then there's more added to it. And then we find out that he's going to be born in, you know, Beth, uh, Beth, Bethlehem Ephrata, right? You know, little Bethlehem, right? He's going to be born there. He's going to be born of a virgin, right? You, just more and more. And then, and then you find out in Isaiah 53 that he's going to suffer, okay? And there's going to be pain, right? Just little pieces, and they're trying to figure out, how's this all fit together? And just, here's a little bit here, and a little bit more here, and a little bit more here, a little bit more here, so that after 400 years of silence or so, and Christ shows up on the scene, when he started doing the things he did, they should have said, oh my goodness, okay? He fits all those little pieces. All those things were progressing and revealing truth about the Lord Jesus Christ. And they should have seen that that's who he was, that he was the Messiah, all right? Okay? When John the Baptist says, you know, are you really him? Because he's in prison and things are going pretty bad. And what's Christ say? Do anyone know what Christ says? Right. Just tell them that the things of Scripture, the things that have been revealed, are happening, right? That's, that's progressive revelation over time. Go to second, uh, well, we already read Second Corinthians 12, verse 1. Paul said, I will come, the visions and the revelations. Go to Acts chapter 9. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, so if there's different things been revealed over time, but they all paint a picture, right? They all paint a picture. And what we find out is the picture has two layers to it, all right? Okay, there's something about the heavens and there's something about the earth in those paintings. Acts chapter 9, verse 15. Paul, on the road to Damascus, meets the Lord Jesus Christ. Actually, Saul, right? Later on, he changed his name to Paul. Um, but anyways, um, even, even when he met Christ, right, Christ didn't reveal everything to him in one shot. Okay? So like, I'll just start in verse 5. And, um, well, verse 4. And, and Paul, uh, Paul, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. He's under conviction. Right? Every time he grabbed somebody and threw them in the prison, every time they hauled somebody away, every time somebody was put to death, and they were you know, professing faith or whatever, it ate at him. So when Christ showed up, he was, well, that was the last straw, right? That, you know, there he is, right? Verse 6, And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? He's saved now, and he said, Lord, tell me what you want me to do. The Lord said, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Okay, I'm not going to tell you just now. Okay, Go to the city, and then you're going to find out what you're going to do, right? All right. And so then God talks to a guy named Ananias, and he's going to go talk to Paul and going to share some things. But verse 15, But the Lord said unto him, 
Go thy way, just talking to Ananias, who's going to go talk to Paul. Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. I'm going to show him. I'm going to show him more and more. It's progressive, right? It's not all in one lump. Um, Colossians 1. We'll, we'll, we'll complete this topic with this one. I already read to you Ephesians 3, where Paul was given the dispensation of the grace of God. Okay, to, it was revealed to him. Okay, it was not revealed in time past. It was a mystery. Colossians 1, verse... Uh, 25. Yeah, Paul was, you know, he was going to, sh you know, God was going to show him all the sufferings. Look what he says here in verse 24. He's talking about himself. Paul, verse 21, 3 ends with, I, Paul, am made a minister, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Where have I made a minister according to the dispensation of God? So, you know, God gave him a special set of information, God, which is given to me for you. And what's it say there? To fulfill the word of God. That is to, the word there is also fulfills the word complete. It's the idea of bring it to maturity, bring it to uh, full age. All right. That is the idea is that what Paul is to do is to complete the word of God. You know, when he is, when all the truth has been finally revealed to him, it's done. It's a, it's a fixed entity. What is it that needs to fulfill the word of God? Verse 26, even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but is now made manifest to his saints. That is, you have all the stuff that has been revealed, and then here comes the Apostle Paul, and, and, and there's some stuff that God didn't reveal that he's now revealing. All right? And Paul says that's what's going to complete the Word of God. Take us 13 letters, and that's pretty much it, right? That's, that's the, the issue is about, basically it's about the body, right? The body of Christ, and God revealed it. And now he has revealed it, and, you know, verse 27. To whom God would make known was the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Something that we find out elsewhere is Gentiles had no hope. They were without God, without the covenants of promise, without anything, but now they have hope, okay? They had hope through Israel, but now you have hope apart, is separate, right? That's, that's pretty amazing truth. Got a, uh, we're in a Colossians 1. Might as well talk about another word for this. It's God's word is now, now it is, is complete. So there are no more visions. There are no more revelations because God's word is complete. Paul says that his purpose in verse 25, where I have made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill, to complete, to bring the full maturity, what? The word of God. That God's, God word, God's word is now complete, right? It's, uh, uh, it, there, there, so the, there are no longer prophets. There are no longer utterances. There's, all no, there's no supplements to the word of God that, that like, uh, you know, that'll that uh, others have come up with, like they found it laying under a rock somewhere, or, you know, some angel Gabriel came down and spoke to him in 1800 and something, and, and uh, you know, th th there's nothing like that going on today. God's word is complete. Um, one verse, all right. Go to 1 Corinthians 3. Uh, no, we'll, we'll do it. Go to Revelation 22. Okay, we'll, we'll start off class with just one final idea with this next time. 
1 Corinthians, or Revelation chapter 22. Now, this is the last book of your Bible. I don't think it was necessarily the last written book, but I think it's one of the last books of your Bible. It is the last book in your, your physical Bible you have in your hands. Um, but in verse 18, Revelation 22, 18, Here's John, who wrote the book of Revelation. Actually, God the Holy Spirit wrote it, but John, who uh, penned it. Verse, Revelation twenty-two eighteen. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, specifically the book of Revelation, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city for things which are written in the book. That is... God says this book is complete. This particular case is talking about Revelation, right? But God's word is complete. So if you add to it, that's a bad thing. If you take away from it, that's a bad thing, all right? Okay, and, and so you, you know, make that of note. Uh, if you want to get a head up, leg up on it, you can read 1 Corinthians 13. We'll start there next time. And uh, we'll, we'll look at what Paul says about these early gifts, which like the signs and the visions and dreams that they had early on. They're not happening today, and he explains why. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your love and grace. We pray, thank you, Lord, for each person that's come out. Continue, Lord, to bless us and watch over us. Keep us safe. Thank you for our church. Thank you for the ministries that are here. Pray for Pastor Aaron as he preaches today, Lord, that you'll just uh, give him the words to speak. Give us the hearts and ears to hear. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. I hope you enjoyed the Word of God uh, being shared. I am Pastor John Harris from the Altoona Bible Church. This is a recording from my Sunday school class that meets every Sunday at uh, 9.30 in the morning. We'd love you to come out and check things out live if you wish. You can check us out at www.altoonabible.org if you want to see what Altoona Bible Church stands for, the type of ministry we have. I know that you'll be blessed. Looking forward to seeing you.